0: What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Last week, we did a phone interview with my friends Shannon and Maria Hoover of Make Fashion. Make Fashion is a high tech, high fashion runway show that took place the evening of Saturday, April 2nd at the Telespark Science Center in Calgary, Alberta. Electric Runway was on the scene covering the event, and we just have to say, way to go, Calgary. I was there during dress rehearsals on the Friday evening before, as well as backstage all day Saturday leading up to the evening show, and I've never been to such an inclusive and well-organized runway show. Whenever I'm in a new city, I always talk to cab drivers. They always know the most about a place. As I arrived in Calgary around dinner time on Friday night, I noticed something eerie about downtown. It was empty. The infrastructure was all there. Cafes, restaurants, and bars lined the streets. The Sky Tower rose above the city expectedly, but the parking spots were empty. Like a smaller version of Toronto, only hollow. The cab drivers tell me that it's getting bad. Corporate vacancy rates are up 20%. Unemployment rates are up nearly 10%. Foreign oil prices are at an all-time low, and for a city heavily dependent on oil and gas, the impact can be felt juxtaposed with the devastation of the city was this bright show called make fashion a light at the end of the runway make fashion blew me away stay tuned for electric runway's video coverage of the event out this weekend on our youtube channel as always you can find everything we're up to at the intersection of fashion and tech at electricrunway.com, and check out electric underscore runway on instagram for images of the show On today's show, we're speaking with Kristen Neinliger of Sensory. Sensory is an experimental emotional wearable technology design studio based in San Francisco, but with an international reputation. Their signature design, the GER mood sweater, is one of the most well-covered pieces of wearable technology out there. So what is it? It's basically like wearing a mood ring. A galvantic skin response, or GSR sensor, reads excitement from the palm of your hand and translates this bio data into color displayed on the cowl of the sweater. Red and yellow signal that you're nervous, while blue and teal mean you're calm and zen. It's an experiment in what Nine Liger has dubbed extimacy, externalized intimacy. While style has always been a way of communicating mood without saying a word, the Gurm Mousse sweater imagines a brave new, high-tech future of fashion where the body is treated not just as something to measure and quantify, but instead as a locus of intelligence and expression. It's an interesting episode, and it starts right now. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Nice to see you again. You too. So for people who don't know about sensory, I know about sensory because I've been following you for a number of years now since I saw you at Silicon Valley Fashion Week, and I saw you on a panel recently as well here in San Francisco, but for people who don't know, what is sensory? Well, sensory is a design lab. We create therapeutic biomedia,
1: and what that is is we use biosensors to monitor your body, and then we take that data and translate it into visual or tactile displays.
0: And so this is what you're calling extimacy, right?
1: Yes, it's extimacy, externalized intimacy. It's showing how you feel on the inside to the outside world.
0: From my understanding, the company started as a research project. What were you studying, and what was the scope of your research at the time? Well, I was at California College of the
1: Arts. I was studying interaction design, and my master's thesis was to create tools for people that had sensory processing disorder. That's a condition from ADHD to autism. And through the design research, I came up with wearable technology that reads your body and can respond instantly to help calm you down and focus your attention.
0: And so it also takes your inside emotions, like we were talking about with the ecstasy idea, and shows it to people on the outside for people who maybe can't communicate their emotions very well.
1: Yes, exactly. It also gives aware biofeedback, how they're feeling, but yes, it also communication.
0: So communication to both yourself and to people around you. And so one of your most well-known products is the Ger mood sweater. Let's talk about the fashion. So what does it look like? And the tech. How does it work? Well, I'm glad you got to try it actually um, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I did back in Toronto when I was interviewing. I interviewed Tom Emmerich. While I was wearing the sweater the whole time. So oh, awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun. I was just a rainbow of emotions, I guess, when I'm when I'm podcasting. So
1: the the Mood sweater, it's designed it has a bowl-shaped collar lined with LEDs. And we have the sensors in the hands that read your excitement level. It's humidity sensors. So it's moisture and heat. As you get more excited, the colors change. So if you're calm and relaxed, it's teal blue, and as you get more excited, it goes up through purple and then into pink and red if you're nervous or in love.
0: And the emotions are basically displayed on the cowl. Yes,
1: the large, bull-shaped collar is supposed to reflect back upon the wearer to give them feedback, but also act as an external blush to show other people.
0: It's the same technology that's basically used in a lie detector, as I understand it. Yes. So it basically sits on the palm of your hand, and then there's wires that kind of go up into the garment. And it reads that and then projects the, projects the color outwards. Yes. And so aside from the novelty of the product, what do you imagine? You were talking about specific use cases within the medical community mm-hmm. uh, for a sweater like this. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. I was surprised that it got
1: taken by the fashion world, actually. I'm very excited, but I never thought it'd be New York Fashion Week, etc. But my goal is to get back to healthcare and have it be used in clinical settings. We have interest with the Alzheimer's community... Couples therapy, post-medic stress. Like things i never thought of, so I'm very excited for this to become a useful product.
0: It's interesting to me because like you said, it was adapted by the fashion community and fashion has always been a means of expression, but now this is literal expression. (laughs) And it was also interesting to me because I actually learned about it through the sort of fashion lens and then discovered that the use case for it would be for maybe autism or like you had mentioned, palliative care. And I thought that was really interesting because I mean, I'm usually someone who just says whatever I think, but there are people out there who have trouble expressing themselves. <laughs> it's interesting to see that there's a use case for it in the medical community. And so are you working with different research centers? Yes. I'm working with college
1: in the Netherlands who's doing research on the social and psychological aspect of wearing these kind of apparatus also talking with a PTSD clinic right now so healthcare is very slow um, but lucky fashion is fast (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) as I understand it the Gurmood sweater is a concept piece do you ever plan on making it commercially available yes it's
1: my most popular design we listed on our website that we'll make a hundred limited edition and you can actually sign up on the website now
0: is that sensory.com sensory.com s-e-n-s-o-r-e-e Yes. com, And this is for people who want a limited edition Germude sweater. Yes. It's clear to me that the wearable technology that you're making is very emotion-based. It's not really hardware. It's definitely wearable. What do you think it is that's missing from mainstream wearable technology that we're seeing today?
1: What I try to embody in my designs is to make them emotionally durable, like soft technology, something that you want to touch, and like your favorite hoodie. I feel like currently wearable technology is a lot of gadgets like hard plastic, and I guess people wear them for two weeks and then put them in the drawer. Designing for more of a bond with the, your product is uh, ideal, something that will last forever, and a collector's item.
0: So something we were talking about before we started recording is how it seems to be women that are making more emotional wearables. And what I mean by that is wearables that, like you were saying, connect you to either better connect you to yourself or the world around you. Why do you think that is?
1: I think women are more social creatures and more emotional and maybe more communicative and more conceptual. And men tend to be more factual in general.
0: And so if you follow New York Fashion Week, we know that Light Up Apparel has now made its way into mainstream fashion circles. We saw chromat on the runway partnering with intel to send electroluminescent garments down the catwalk what do you think about light-up clothing being adopted by everyday wearers i think
1: in five years it'll be everywhere it'll just be like burning man on the streets yes i was just in um paris and i guess chanel released some led sandals oh that's right and then in every shop window they had led sneakers
0: In Paris. Yeah, just
1: recently in Paris last month.
0: Were they sneakers that lit up when you walked or they were just constantly lit? What was... Tell us. They were constantly lit
1: around the sole. They weren't real leather. They were 70 euros. Running shoes? They were like sneakers. Yeah. Kind of more like kids, I guess. You could change the color. It's
0: really neat. Did you consider
1: buying any? I did. I was like, it's happening.
0: Light up stuff (laughs) is everywhere. And I mean, certainly we've seen runners and cyclists wearing light up. I mean, you put lights on your bike, so why not? put lights on your body so that you can be seen at night. And then there's the whole nightclub scene that I think is definitely tapped into that. But I, I think that, like you were saying, in Paris, window shops is now becoming more mainstream. And I think, for me anyways, it's sort of a metaphor for how digital has overlapped with fashion. It's like we literally want to show the technology. Maybe in a couple of years the technology will fade into the background, but I think we're still in, in the phase where the technology needs to be present in order for it to even be considered... A piece of fashion tech.
1: It's true. We want we want it to be the subject.
0: And so we're hearing <laughs> yeah. a lot about biometrics right now in mm-hmm. fashion tech, but it seems to be on the side of sports, pioneered by Fitbit. And then we have some more smart textiles that are getting into biometrics, but it's all about quantifying the body Mm -hmm. and something that I've been thinking about and writing about recently is about how this idea of the quantified self is getting kind of old and is maybe useful for athletes but not necessarily for everyday people. Sensory is not really in the area of the quantified self but it is in a way. What do you think is missing from biometrics today?
1: Well the big thing that we offer is the real-time data. I feel like the quantified self you're logging your data. It's so in your neocortex. (laughs) All the data and then you have to look at a screen and you have to say, okay, at 5 p.m. I was feeling like this. What if you knew right now?
0: And also the biometrics like that come from these devices are very personal, Mm -hmm. whereas sensory is something that's very social.
1: That's more uh, community-based. It's meant for empathy, training, and knowing yourself. I I call it awareness technology.
0: How did you come up with the idea? Well, it's really
1: through my studies but I think my background in dance and I have a physical therapy background also and there I felt I was really teaching awareness and now I see the thread of with my technology I'm just trying to teach really basic awareness of your body and letting your body talk.
0: And so what are you keeping your eye on right now in terms of fashion tech and biomedia as you're mentioning you're not really in san francisco a lot because you're traveling so much with sensory so what are you seeing in other parts of the world that you're particularly interested in um i'm really i've
1: been watching uh ohm signal yeah because i know they actually started with more awareness yeah and then they went to the fitness and i'm hoping they come back around with we should all, talk to them with all their knowledge <laughs> i know i
0: should montreal <laughs> yeah that's a canadian-based company and who else Philips,
1: I I like their healing tech a lot. They have healing lights. Oh, really? Like for back pain. So you can go right past your prescription meds and just put on a light patch.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. So wearable light for healing.
1: Yes, because I think I use light a lot because I think light is healing, just... In general all the different hues the different mm-hmm. tones of light and then i use uv light and some of my designs to clean also clean you know, the environment yeah it's interesting just what to... design uses uv light i have this one it's called it was the first fervor that it has tentacles around it. Okay. And So, and it's kind of your personal space area, and so if somebody brushes one of them, the light comes on and it cleans your your <laughs> sphere, so it would keep you healthy.
0: That's really interesting because I noticed a number of fashion <laughs> tech designers are working on this idea of personal space. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you mentioned was tentacles. So this idea of drawing inspiration from the natural world, like you mm-hmm. know, Anouk's Anouk Vipret has her spider dress and her smoke dress which seem to mimic sort of qualities in the natural environment. What do you think is it about, I guess, either nature or personal space that people seem to be tapping into?
1: Biomimicry is very powerful. I mean, we're, we're humans and <laughs> we're in nature and nature's the top designer, you know, over Deuteron's geometry in nature. And we can learn from different animals and like, That one was based on a sea anemone.
0: And then this idea of personal space, or this idea of asserting your space. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me because I find it's female designers that are doing that. Yeah, because we think about it more, I'm sure. So Kristen, as someone who's working at the crosshairs of fashion and technology, what do you think... Fashion can learn from tech and vice versa. What do you think technology can learn from fashion? It's interesting
1: now because fashion is getting more sustainable. Technology could learn from that. We could make sustainable technology. So moving away from fast fashion to slow fashion, slow technology. But I I think there's a, a nice weave that can happen. I know that fashion fashion cycles every six months and then the tech cycles every three years. So trying to weave those together, slow down the fashion world and speed up the technology.
0: But it also seems that Apple has adapted the fast fashion mentality of the way that they're producing Mm -hmm. smartphones. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think sustainability probably needs to be a conversation across industries It's just probably something that fashion they're having that conversation mm-hmm. already and I think technology as well it, it's just because of the internet like people know where their clothes are coming from mm-hmm. and they know now where their technology is coming from what are the conditions of the people who are making it mm-hmm. so I think that's definitely a conversation that that has to come across industries i guess specifically what i was thinking is like when you're making your electronics wearable what type of considerations do you have to take when you're when you're making something for the body there's a lot i mean the body is very sensitive so
1: there's a lot of consideration making the electronics flexible i'm lucky that i get to work with circus artists to model my design so they're tested by contortionists
0: yeah that's a good way to stress test your product for sure (laughs) that's great well Kristen Mm -hmm. how can people stay in touch with you please check out the website sensory.com perfect and we will put up links on the website to to your website and to pictures of the girl mood sweaters that people can see it if they haven't seen it already as well as to your twitter so that people can follow you around where are you off to next I'm not going to Mumbai, but we have a fashion show. You have a sensory. we Sensory will be at a fashion show in Mumbai. At
1: the end of the month. That's really exciting.
0: (laughs) And is it the Gurmood sweater that's in the show? It is. That's great. Well, good luck with everything. And good luck with your limited edition run. And I hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Kristen Neiliger of Sensory. For images of the girl Mood Sweater, check out electricrunway.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at electric underscore runway. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.